Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, brought to you by the commercial legal practice Aspect Legal. Now, today we are looking at the interesting area of franchising. And I wanted to talk about this area today because number one, it's quite newsworthy at the moment. We're seeing quite a few stories in the news of some fairly heartbreaking stories. And number two, it relates to an area that I'm asked about quite often from clients who have built up a business that's quite profitable, has good systems, or something that they feel is a bit niche and different from others in their industry, who then want to consider entering into franchising as a business model for themselves going forward. We also get inquiries from businesses who are considering starting out in business and are trying to work out whether or not it's better to start a business from scratch or whether or not it's better to buy into a franchise. Now, look, I think the reality is is that there are a number of advantages and disadvantages of a franchising model. And certainly some of the negatives are getting a lot of media coverage right at the moment and for very good reason. As I said earlier on, there really are some heartbreaking stories out there from people who've gotten into franchising, perhaps without quite understanding the risks involved and who have lost everything, which you know, is always something that breaks my heart to see. It's just absolutely just shocking to see businesses lose everything when they're really trying to make a go of it, of um, doing something independent rather than, you know, working for an employer. But there's two sides to every story. And given the massive number of franchises in Australia, there are, of course, many good news stories as well that perhaps don't get quite the same media leverage that the bad news stories do. So in today's episode, I've brought along an advisor who works regularly in the franchising space, Martin Lacerdo from Amplify Business Strategy, who talks to us about the realities of franchising. So in this episode today, we're talking a little bit about why people might get into franchising in the first place. Firstly, we talk about a franchisor's perspectives. We talk about the benefits of being a franchisor and turning your business into a franchise. And we also talk about the critical things to consider when you're building a business from the perspective of it turning into a franchise. And we also talk about the characteristics of a good franchisor. Then on the flip side, we talk about life in reality as a franchisee. We talk about whether or not it's better to have a startup business or to buy a franchise or buy an existing business. So we talk about all of those potential issues and considerations. We talked about who is suited to being a franchisee and why. We talk about some of the benefits of being a franchisee, but we also talk about some of the negatives as well in order to give you a very balanced view. So without further ado, let's talk to Martin. You're 
listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, Martin. Look, welcome back. Today, I'd really like to hone in on the franchise business model and the sorts of questions that both franchisors or potential franchisors and franchisees might be thinking about. So welcome back, Martin. Thanks for being here again today. Thanks for having me. How then did you get connected to the world of franchising? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. It was um, a matter of uh, going for a run with a, a close friend of mine who in fact is my uh, business partner today. So I had uh, just, uh, the ink had just, uh, was drying on the contract of selling the tourism park business. So I think we might have been the next day or following following day we were uh, met up at the at uh, that local beach here in Wollongong and went for a jog. And uh, as we do, we just had a bit of a chin wag about what was going on. And, uh, and I said, oh, I think I've just sold my business. And we, we, he had a look of astonishment on his face, really. Uh, and he asked me, what are you going to do now? I said, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it. Oh, you know what? That's <laughs> fabulous. It's so it's interesting how many business owners that I speak to who have sold a business say the same thing. And I guess your experience was a little bit different because you weren't expecting to sell. But it's fascinating. It fascinates me how people are so involved in the business and the sale process and then it all finishes and they're like, well, what do I do next? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just that it, it, it sort of hits you all of a sudden, and I often uh, uh, talk about uh, uh, that. I suppose a, a little bit of anxiety that creeps in when you're selling a business and buying a business and and, and uh, selling a business that people may not realise uh, has its uh, is quite often a bit more nerve wracking than buying a business. When you're buying, you see the future in front of you. You're actually seeing yourself. You're visualising yourself in a position you're in that cafe or in that manufacturing business or you're on, in that desk uh, leading people. When you're exiting a business, there's all this unknown. And I suppose I was facing that, but not concerned at all. So it wasn't a, a, a concern about the unknown. It was actually exciting, but still thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so uh, this friend of mine, he said, oh, I think I might have something for you. He was working for a, a prominent uh, franchise or at the time and as a national marketing manager and thought I was really, really well positioned to interview new franchisee applicants coming through wanting to take on a franchise. And I thought, well, okay, well, I, I do have a fair bit of small business experience and understand what it's like to enter a business and, and exit a business. So I thought, yep, let's have a look at that. And, uh, and I did, and as I say, the rest is history. So I joined uh, a business uh, joined Pack and Send uh, and, and set up in um, originally in Parramatta, but now it's an international business. Franchising business has won uh, numerous awards, national franchise over the year, etc. So it, it was a really enjoyable chapter in my life as well. So that's how I got into franchising. So my initial foray was interviewing people as a selection manager, people wanting to join 
into the franchising business. So that's fascinating. So selecting the people to buy in, you know, is that a quasi-sales role or or there was actually a, a strong filter process? It's interesting you say that because uh, there's many franchise businesses that sell franchises and the better businesses grant franchises. Mm. There's a real distinct difference. So uh, uh, the process that was uh, implemented was very much an interview process. So you, you obviously talk about the actual business itself. So there's a presentation on the actual business, business buyers, want to know what they're getting themselves into. So what was really important is actually presenting the facts of the business, presenting the systems, and having really good quality systems was uh, made that, that role quite easy because it, it, the quality of the systems were there for people to see, and they wanted to be part of that business. So during that, that stage, that chapter, we grew the network. I think when I first joined, it was about 60-odd, and then we went over 100 franchise units, and we went international to the UK and New Zealand during that time as well while I was, at, while, um, while I was there. So I found that really enjoyable because if, you, if I sort of look back at my career, what is the common thread is small business and my enjoyment in being involved in small business and the role that small business plays in the local community. I do get inspired by... Uh, you know, a business that might be set up somewhere. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be in the CBD of a major capital city. It could be anywhere in the world. And that business starts being, well, really relevant to the local community first. And then they start to, you know, export their services or products uh, around the country and worldwide. So I really enjoy what small businesses can do. They really, they, they, they yeah, obviously start small, but they don't have the ambition to always be small. And what I enjoyed is in the, in, the, in franchising was that ability to give access to small business ownership for those that either did have the confidence to do it on their own, have the support of a franchise brand, the systems, the training that were already in place. So I really enjoyed that giving people that may not have thought independent business was the right way to go. They didn't have the confidence, the systems out there. It's not a proven business being in an interview or starting a business on your own. There's a fair bit of risk there. So uh, presenting the franchising or the franchise business was a good way of getting people into business and fulfilling their career goals by business ownership. So I guess, you know, what you're really talking about here are reasons that people might consider being a franchisee. And maybe, and before we drill further into that, maybe let's let's go back a little bit and talk about why people might want to be a franchisor. Let's ma- maybe start there first and then w- and then let's sort of delve a bit more into this concept of being a franchisee. So if we go back one step and we talk about potentially becoming a franchisor, I, I guess maybe the opportunity for businesses here is if they have a business that's running well but they're a bit sick of the day-to-day of it, maybe franchising is a way that they can do something a little bit different with the business, so I guess that's one factor. What 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 else? What are the other reasons why people might get into franchising, and what's the main reason? Yeah, sure. I'm not sure if there's one main reason, but a, 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 maybe a pool of different reasons and different franchisors or, or company owners will maybe uh, uh, you know hang their hat on, on on different reasons. But the, the main reason with with the franchisors that I've spoken to over the years and and, and 
you know, become closer to. The main reason is really providing their service to a wider audience. That's really important in their ambition to say, look, I've got a really good service or a really good product. This is doing really well in my local area. But I tell you, it would be great down, you know, in the next suburb or, or in another state, etc. So that ambition to distribute your service or product to other areas, knowing that it's well received by the marketplace, by the community, you're actually bringing in a new product or service to various communities, I think is a really important driver to the franchisors that I've spoken with and uh, dealt with over the years. So that's really important. Franchising becomes successful because the local franchisee, the local person is connected to their community and they've got, as they often hear in franchising, the the term called skin in the game. So it's not... uh, employing somebody who may leave in you know six months two years etc it's having someone that's actually aligned to your vision as a franchisor who then thinks yeah that's a great product that's a great service i'd love to promote that in my local area there'd be customers that would love having this in our community so so having people sharing that vision vision and setting it up in their local area that's critical as well. And being a franchisor is also having a commitment to making your franchisee successful. So choosing that as a distribution model, as a model to get your products and services to more and more people being delivered by committed franchisees, uh, and I, I do understand we're talking about a utopian scenario, but in the same uh, same breath, it, it's what drives the franchisor, okay, having their product and service in, in, in other markets. Franchising is also very successful because the, sometimes a franchisor does have that desire to spread their wings but doesn't have access to funding. And that's where the franchisee can help. So that's, that, that's where that skin in the game concept comes in, where the franchisee becomes basically a, uh, a commercial partner. They've, they've invested uh, in the brand in their local area and they've enabled that brand to expand by the funds that are provided by the franchisee as opposed to the franchisor. So if someone's a franchisor, they're doing very well. They might have one one unit or one store or, or, or centre. They develop to a second or third, but then may not have the funding to get to 10 stores, 20 stores in a, time, in a timely manner. And that's where the franchisee comes in. So having commitment to uh, your franchisees is important as well. So access to funding, commitment to franchisees, having a desire to see your product and service into, into various markets is, is important as well. The characteristics that I've seen of good quality franchisors are consistently striving to improve the quality of their systems. Yeah. The systems are in the business, whether it's their training, their marketing, their support, various you know, new product innovation, etc. being committed to those systems in your business ensures that you've got, as a franchisor, consistency in delivery of product and service to the various customers in, in different locations, but more so that franchisees have access to those consistent support services and can deliver on that consistency as well. As you know, like you might uh, do a particular road trip and you, you know you might stop for a little break and get food at a certain place. You, you, you end up trusting that brand whether you like it or not they deliver a consistent service or product really important that's what so franchise or striving to uh, continually improve the quality of their systems is is uh, is definitely a characteristic of a, an ambitious and quality franchise or as well 
Great. Okay. All right. So, so we've talked a bit about why people might get into franchising. Um, and we've talked about gives a way to expand the business. Uh, it gives a way to expand the business, even if the access to capital isn't there for expansion, because, you, you know, through the franchisees, you bring in um, the extra capital for expansion from them, you know, setting up in each of the different locations. People get into I presume people get into franchising as well because of a change in what they want to do if they move from wanting to run one particular store to you know spending more time working on the business rather than in the business I'm I'm sure that must be a factor in some instances is that right man as a franchisor yeah as a franchisor yeah absolutely absolutely as a franchisor definitely you you're continually working uh, on the business, as opposed to as opposed to in the business, your your, your role as a franchisor was very different to what it was when you first started the business as, as the first operator of one store. To what your role would be with when you've got ten stores and twenty stores in your network, absolutely. Yeah, and so then let's maybe talk about a few threshold questions. You know, is there a minimum size or turnover that you'd suggest for organisations before they start thinking about franchising? There's not a one-size-fits-all, however. Uh, what is really important that franchising is appealing when it's a proven business model, proven business system. That's when it's appealing to a potential franchisee. So what's really important is to have your business, so let's say you have one particular bit. Let's say your business, as an example, is a dessert bar. Uh, what's really important is that you operate this dessert bar in a way that is profitable and that's so replicate, uh, able to be replicated. So if we go for the example of the dessert bar, we need to understand the cost of setting up the store. We need to understand the profitability model because that needs to be communicated to the potential franchisee that's going to join you, that's going to invest in the business. So that's, um, that's definitely critical. Okay, great. Our threshold is it needs to be profitable. It needs to be replicated. We need to have systems, good quality systems in place. And obviously, you've said before, there must be an ambition to expand. You must, you know, I guess that's, you know, an underlying threshold requirement as well. Now, are there any industries that are best or worst suited to franchises. So if someone is sitting here and they're a business owner, they say, well, I've got a pretty good business. I was thinking about selling, but now, you know, maybe franchising is a different way for me to inject a bit more enthusiasm into what I'm doing here. Is this for me? Is my industry a good or a bad industry? Uh, What sort of pointers would you give? I'm not really sure whether that uh, that sort of selling my business then transfers into setting it up as a franchise business. Uh, I think when you're looking at setting up a franchise business, there's a, probably an additional commitment than just exiting the business. In fact, it's a lot harder. Wanting to be a franchisor, you're definitely increasing your level of responsibility. You're accountable to more people. However, you are working on your business and growing something that's a whole lot bigger than just a single unit business that you may have had. So there is no critical number of outlets that you need to have in a franchise, whether it's 10, 5, 20. Uh, what's most important is you as a franchise all remain profitable and franchisees have a profitable model. 
uh, for them to achieve their profit and their lifestyle and, and, and their own financial ambitions as well. There is, there is no industry that's best suited than others. In fact, you'd be very surprised to find a number of brands that are franchised that you probably didn't think were franchised. Obviously, the main franchise brands that people know are the consumer brands, the fast food brands, uh, like you would find in a, in a shopping centre food court, as an example. But there's so many others, like even real estate offices are franchised brands as um, financial lending institutions or banks that uh, work with a franchise model as well. So there's no industry that's best suited at all. There actually, there's so many industries that are actually represented by franchising. Mm, I can't help. My um, inner curiosity um, pipes up here. What's the weirdest type of or the most interesting or the most least obvious type of franchise model you've seen or business? Oh, dear. That's really <laughs> racking my brain. Um, I, I, I've seen a franchise, and I haven't been involved with it, but I, I've heard of others uh, that spoke of a franchise that were uh, uh, a band recording franchise, so that would help promote young fledgling Bands, music bands. Right. So that I thought I, I don't think that I'm not sure how that how that's going to happen much. Yeah, that's in, that that's fascinating because I can't even see how that would turn into a franchise. That's fascinating to me. There you go. <laughs> Neither would I. Um, there's some <laughs> more interesting ones where uh, uh, we're a, like a, a preschool programs, like sports programs for preschools, for um, schools, music tuition yep. type franchises. Um, I suppose that those are franchises mm. that you probably wouldn't have thought as franchises. Tuition, accounting franchises. It's, it's really nearly every industry I think is represented in franchising. I'm not really sure which industries aren't. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what are the general costs that are involved in being a franchise or turning a business um, that's obviously a profitable business into one that now can be purchased? By franchisees? Yeah, very good question. So there's laws governing how franchising works. A lot of them. A lot of them, yeah. So without getting into specifically quoting the different laws, so there's there's a a whole lot of legal compliance around franchising. Uh, So getting uh, a lawyer uh, with experience in this this space is really important as well to get some guidance as to what type of documentation that you need, documentation like a franchise agreement, a disclosure document, uh, and, and various other documents that you you may need. So talking to a franchise uh, consultant, someone has done this before, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you've seen further than others, it's because you've stood on the shoulders of giants. So go to people that are experienced in this where they can provide you advice, prepare documentation for you, things like that, a commercial policy, marketing material that actually presents the franchising opportunity, uh, a training program, so a franchise all needs to have all that to be able to uh, attract new franchisees. Um, so there's a, a whole lot of costs associated with preparation of the documentation required to, number one, comply with various laws, but number two, to present the opportunity 
thoughtfully, honestly, diligently to prospective franchisee candidates. And I, I think wh- one of the interesting things is, you know, quite often we have clients here who say that, you know, at some stage in the future they, they might be considering franchising. And one of the things that I always say is if you think that that's a possibility for the future, then and it, it revolves around the brand that you're creating and creating goodwill under now, you absolutely need to make sure you get your brand protection in place. You know, you need to get your trademarks in place now because I I have seen that as an impediment to some um, organisations moving over into this concept of franchising, you know, and in some instances, you know, having to look at a full rebrand before they franchise, which which has all sorts of connected potential issues um, if you have built up a very strong business that relates to a particular brand. So, of course, thinking about trademark registration in the beginning um, is really important as well, I think. Okay, right. So I think that's a good overview of why organisations might think about getting into franchising as a franchisor. What about organisations or individuals who are looking at becoming a franchisee? take a short break. When we get back, we'll flip over to the franchisee perspective and talk about the benefits that a franchise business model offers to them. Martin drills into the positives and negatives of being a franchisee, who it's suited to, and importantly, who it's not suited to. Then we close out this episode by talking about some of the recent media coverage on heartbreaking franchise stories. And Martin leaves us with some smart tips on how to keep yourself as a good news story rather than a bad news story. And that's next. I'm Joanna Oki, and you are listening to Talking Law, brought to you by Aspect Legal. a professional involved in business sales and acquisitions activity, for example, if you're a broker or an accountant or a business consultant, or if you're a business owner looking to expand by acquisition or you're building to sell your business in the future, check out Talking Law's sister podcast, The Deal Room. Together with Talking Law, these are now two of the top legal podcasts in Australia. The Deal Room podcast contains information, interviews and tips and tricks relating to the world of business sales and acquisitions. We love this area of law and thought it was high time we took some of our specialist knowledge and shared it in a commercial context rather than just talking about legal stuff on its own. We release new episodes every Tuesday. You can listen to our episodes on www.thedealroompodcast.com or you can subscribe to The Deal Room Podcast on iTunes to be the first to know when a new episode is out. Just type in the search panel in iTunes, The Deal Room Podcast. Welcome back. Earlier we talked about the franchise business model and the benefits it offers to anyone considering becoming a franchisor. Martin and I also drilled into some threshold questions and talk about what it takes to franchise your business, as well as the general costs involved in the process. Now, let's jump back to our chat with Martin and flip over to talking about franchising from the perspective of the franchisee. Who is um, this best suited to and why? Yeah, 
who's it best suited to? So initially, uh, when someone's looking at getting into their own business, they're looking at obviously improving their life, getting making their life better. So it might be for their career self-development, financial gains, flexibility of lifestyle, or just their own self-determination, like being their own boss. So once you've made the decision to say, okay, I want to get in my own business, what is the best pathway to take? So do I start up a new business from scratch? Do I buy an existing one? Do I go down the franchising path? So let's say we decide, uh, let's say a, a potential franchisee candidate would look at their experience and say, do I have the experience to start up an independent business? Do I have the skills to start up an independent business or take over an existing business? Or do my skills best match running a business with the support of other experienced people? An existing proven model. And that's really where franchising comes into its own and when you can actually look at that business and say, wow, this is a proven business model. And that obviously provides a bit more assurance, doesn't it? A bit more confidence. Absolutely. For getting into business, particularly for the first time. Now, I have seen over the years a lot of experienced business people get into franchising. And why do they do that? Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're, you're thinking, why, why do they do that? But the reasons why they do it is because they understand being in an independent business may not be suited for them. They may not like certain tasks like administration or marketing or, or developing new products, or they, they may want access to certain services that they can't buy at the same price if they're an independent business. So there's synergies and advantages of being part of a bigger group. So quite often, it, you know, uh, it, it's a saying where in franchising, you're, you own your small business, but you've got the tools of big business. To help you grow. I think that's powerful. That's a quote right there then. <laughs> we'll make that one a twittable. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that's really important. And then that's why people would choose. That's why franchisee candidates that I've interviewed over you know, hundreds and hundreds over the years, probably into the thousands, I should say, uh, choose franchising because of those reasons. It's a proven business model. Mm. And so, and then if we look then the benefits of buying a franchise rather than buying an existing business, because I guess we've been talking here a little bit about, well, what's the difference between, what's the benefits of starting a franchise rather than buying a franchise rather than, um, than creating a startup? So what do you think of the benefits between buying a franchise rather than buying an existing business? Okay. So there's, Various reasons, but particularly in a franchise versus buying an existing independent business. So straight from the outset, you've got training. So particularly if you're changing industry or you don't have experience in that particular industry, you've got formal training in place. And obviously you need to ask the questions of the franchise or representative, what that entails, how extensive that is. Secondly, you've got ongoing support. So if you're in an independent business and you require ongoing support, that would come at a huge cost. Having a consultant in your corner, you know, meeting weekly uh, with another a business advisor would cost you money. But in a franchise system, that support's provided for you and you can actually call the support manager or representative of the franchise or if you've come unstuck or if you have particular challenges that have experienced before, even though you haven't experienced it yourself as a franchisee. The other important reason in, in choosing a franchise is that it's a business that continues to exist. Quite often you might 
in your local area, you might have a local hamburger shop, and that hamburger shop's been in existence for 40 years in the same location, although it may be the third operator or fourth operator there. So franchise brands establish a fair bit of goodwill in their local community because they're constantly around. We're an independent business. Someone might take over that and buy an independent business and change the name, change location. There's a, a lot more variables in place with an independent business, with a franchising business. The community sort of gains a fair bit more confidence and trust that it's been operating for uh, a number of years, 30, 40 years, etc. Mm. Well, let's just flip it around again a bit. What are the negatives, I guess, of buying a franchise rather than having your own business? And I, I see that as well. Um, and in fact, it's, it's an important part of the selection process that we have in place. We quite often have a, a, quite a few people that apply for different franchises that are unsuitable because they actually want to change the system. So what's an in, important characteristic of a successful franchisee is actually following the systems that have been proven. From time to time, a franchisee uh, owner might decide that they like to do things their own way, not follow the system and, and, and uh, be a bit more independent thinking, let's say. That's all good, but not for franchising. So although franchising has its extensive advantages, it also has its limitations. If you do want to create new products, you do want to do things your own way, be a bit more independent as an entrepreneur, franchising is not for you. In fact, you'll be, feel like you've been handcuffed, not, not so much because the business doesn't work or it, it, it's actually your own, create your own um, ambition to change things around that franchising is not the right context for. So you need to be an independent business. So you've got to create your own brand, your own systems, have your own supplier arrangements. That's, yeah, franchising is not for you. So that, would be a disadvantage if you were an independent thinker wanting to be in franchising and it may not be feared. And I think, you know, from what I see, one of the potential issues or negatives that can occur in franchising as well um, comes down, I, I guess, a bit to franchise selection. If you end up in a franchise where the franchisor isn't providing good support or good marketing, you might end up paying these franchising fees on an ongoing basis for something that you feel doesn't have value and there's very little that can be done about that in some instances if the franchisor is compliant with its obligations but just not brilliant at undertaking them. Yeah, you're right and that's why it's important to uh, conduct your own thorough due diligence as a franchisee as well. So understanding what those costs are, what those ongoing costs are, what the initial costs are, get a, a real thorough understanding of that. And, and and if you can afford it too. So it's no good having all these fees in place and then you think, oh yeah, look, I'll pay for that a bit later as I get more profitable, etc. You need to know the initial cost of entering the business, you're able to afford it uh, and, and to be suited to the franchise model. That's, that's critical. I've mentioned that early about enjoying your work uh, leads to success because if you don't enjoy your work, if you don't feel you're suited to the franchise model, it just won't work. But regardless of how successful the franchise brand is, it won't work for you as a franchisee. But also talk to existing franchisees to know the pitfalls. So uh, you mentioned earlier about what if you get into a franchise model, the fees are there in place, but the support is a bit underwhelming. 
Talk to other franchisees. That's critical. Learn from existing franchisees what the benefits are, what the weaknesses in the in the support, for example. Talk, ask the franchisees what the support is like, profitability, what the what the actual work entails, what lifestyle they have, do they have holidays. That's a really good point. It's it's about really getting educated, you know, and, and for anyone who listened to the previous podcast with Martin, really that was the theme of the things we were talking about there as well was about getting educated about the sale process and the value of a business here. It's the same thing really, isn't it? Getting educated about the industry that you're getting into or into the franchising as a whole so that you understand the questions to ask and so you understand when something – Maybe he's a good deal and he's a bad deal. Absolutely, absolutely. Just ask people. Don't don't be afraid to ask the questions. Uh-huh. Be out there a bit more. I like it. I like it. And look, there's been a quite a bit of media around recently, I think, in relation to franchising and in particular some fairly big-name franchises where franchisees are bitterly disappointed with the with the outcomes of their involvement with the franchises and, you know, some really sad stories of um, them being run into the ground and them mortgaging the house and, you know, it all imploding. What, what do you have to say about um, all, all of this? You know, what, what's your response to this, um, this media recently? I've read some of the stories. They're really, you, you know, they're really heartbreaking. And, you know, it's always it's very sad when businesses don't work out. But, you, you know, it feels particularly sad when sometimes you feel that there appears to be a theme of behaviour that might be causing some of these issues. Yeah, sure. Look, look, it's terrible to hear when things don't work out for people. It really is. It's actually, it's no good at all. Now, whether, if I could just add to this, now, this also happens in independent businesses as well, not just franchise business, where business can be very, very successful, moderately successful, or, or just doesn't work out at all. Yeah, of course. That's very true. Something that's not just in franchising or not in, or, or independent business at all. So it's not exclusive to franchising. I, I think if the behaviour of, of, of a particular franchisor is not not uh, high quality, that needs to be addressed straight away. Okay. I think it's different to um, – and there might be a separate issue to businesses succeeding and failing in itself. If behaviour from the franchisor – is inadequate, that just needs to be addressed. A franchise business, like any other business, is no guarantee of success. I think that what you're undertaking in a business has an inherent risk, and that's why going through a thorough due diligence process... Just With your eyes wide open, getting the right advisors on board. <laughs> absolutely. So the recent, I suppose referring to the recent media about it, it's definitely a little sensationalised because I suppose we could look um, at our communities and just go for a little drive and realise that quite a lot of the businesses, quite a lot of the pillars in our community are actually franchise businesses operating well and successfully. So I don't think we could look at someone's negative story and just you know take that and say that's just widespread in franchising only. I do believe that there's certain practices of different business or franchisors that aren't up to scratch, and I think that needs to be addressed. Um, but it shouldn't taint all the franchising, because I know firsthand of franchisors and franchisees operating really well and really successfully. So, and that, that's a shame for them that maybe fran- that, that franchising is getting 
dragged through the media in, in a negative way at this moment because there's a lot of successful stories as well. It's just a, a balance always needs to be brought to the brought to the table. But maybe there's a positive in it as well for the, you know, for the stronger business models. But because, of course, there's so many franchises around these days for sale that it's a competitive market, I, I would assume, finding buyers. So if you're able to differentiate your franchise from others that are facing issues, then maybe maybe it's an opportunity for, for you in what looks to be a bit of a bad news story for franchising. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to do um, a better, a differentiated sales piece um, for, for your own franchise. Look, ultimately, when any negativity is brought to the surface, it's a real opportunity for the industry to improve itself. Okay, And if this brings about positive change and more awareness, I think it's a good thing even though it may be some short-term hurt, but, but particularly for franchisees in those same systems that operated successfully and would like to exit themselves in a successful manner, so it has a direct impact on, uh, on existing franchisees. But long-term, again, if it improves the industry, if it improves standards, improves awareness, yeah, it, it, it can, has, a, has a potential to be a benefit, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, look, Martin, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. It's been a really interesting rush through franchising, both from the perspective <laughs> of franchisors and potential franchisors out there and franchisees so or business owners who maybe are thinking about buying into a franchise and aren't sure whether or not that's a better option for them than starting up their own business or buying an existing business. So hopefully this has been useful um, to the listeners. I thank you for your time. Martin. Um, I've had a good time. I hope you have too. It's been great. And we'll have to um, have you back another time talking a bit further about this issue because I think there's a lot more that we can talk about in relation to franchising. Absolutely. Then then we can fit into one episode. <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure. So if any of you, any of the listeners would like uh, to ask me any questions about franchising with the perspective of franchisor or franchisee, feel free to do so. Great. And how can um, how can our listeners contact you, Martin, if they would like to talk to a specialist advisor in relation to franchising, whether they're a franchisor or a franchisee or potential franchisee? They can contact us uh, via our website. So it's www.amplifybusiness.com.au uh, or our direct number is 1300 267 287. We're also on uh, social media as well. Search Amplified Business, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Excellent. Wonderful. And we'll have all of those links in our show notes. So don't worry if you didn't catch them. Brilliant. Thanks, Martin. We'll talk to you again soon. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, well, that's it for this episode, talking all about franchising. Hopefully, you found that useful and interesting. And if you'd like more information about it, then head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au. There, you'll be able to find details of how to contact Martin Lucerto at Amplify Business Strategy. And there, you'll also be able to 
contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like to talk about the legal elements of any of this that we talked about today. And in particular, if you're thinking about franchising into the future, you might want to look first at the issue of trademarks and whether or not your business has got trademark protection. You can contact our lawyers to have a free first discussion via our website at aspectlegal.com.au or via the show notes and talking law webpage. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then I'd be super grateful if you could pop on over to iTunes and leave us a review. And if you're not a subscriber already, then click the subscribe button in iTunes or your other alternative player in order for you to get served up Talking Law episodes as they are released every 7 to 10 days. Well, look, thanks again for listening in. You have been listening to Joanna Oki and Talking Law, brought to you by the commercial legal practice Aspect Legal. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.